The Lord be with you. And with A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. All the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them a parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Just so everyone knows, I, I read the shorter version of the Gospel. That brings you great comfort, doesn't it? Because you know my rule that I learned at the seminary. Short Gospel, long homily. Long Gospel, short homily. I read the short Gospel. Okay. So here we go, we'll see what happens. Um, of course, we, we know of uh, Queen Elizabeth's passing. Some, uh, like myself, have only known one, you know, uh, head of state for Canada and, and Great Britain, uh, uh, and she uh, was the last of the heads of state to participate in the Second World War. You know, she was involved uh, as a mechanic in, in, uh, in the effort. So the last head of state, living head of state, you know, alive, who was involved in the Second World War. We know all the, the ways and, and, and uh, she has served and faithfully, to her, the best of her ability, um, uh, fulfilled her duties. Uh, uh, one of the quotes I found, uh, people, a lot of people reminiscing about her, she said, when life seems hard, the courageous do not lie down and accept defeat. Instead, they are all the more determined to struggle for a better future. I think those are powerful words to remind us when we face challenges that we don't kind of give up or sit back or walk away, but we are determined more than ever to work very hard so that there is a positive and a growing and a brighter future. Well, we, for us, in our family of parishes and this post-pandemic reality, we, as a family of parishes, looking to, to reach out and to invite others to our amazing parishes that make up our family, we have to um, invigorate and energize and transform our efforts so that the future generations of the people in Chatham and in our, in our diocese and in the church 
continue to come to encounter Christ and his love and his strength and his grace to really fulfill our lives and for we as a church to be relevant and important not only to Catholics but to society as a whole bringing people closer to the love of Christ and the fullness of who we are. And so this weekend I'm starting a new message series called The Game Plan. This is a four homily series and there is going to be a sequel later on in the, in the fall. Get your tickets now. It's been over a year that myself, Father Darius and Father Robert have been here. I've been able to make connections certainly with the staff, with many of you with the Pastoral Council and the Finance Committee and now kind of getting uh, insights with our schools, our outreach ministries. Uh, we're now looking at formulating a plan that will cause all of us to uh, transformation, conversion, challenge for growth, but a different way so that we can reach out, so that we can bring people closer to the love of Christ in a more refined or detailed way. And so over these four homilies of this message series called The Game Plan, we're going to show you kind of a little bit of how we're all going to try to journey together, not to survive, but to thrive, to grow, thanks Richard, to get brighter, to have enthusiasm, to be able to be confident disciples of God's love. We know it's not enough simply to open the doors of the church and say we're open, they're not coming. And I believe the gospel today that we just heard gives us an insight of how Christ reaches out to us, but how we, in a very special, prominent, and primary way, are going to have to go out and reach out to those in our world, in our city, in our neighborhoods, to bring them to an encounter with Christ. And it's going to take all of us to do that. Jesus, in the gospel, shares two examples, two parables in this shorter version of the gospel. One is that of the, the lost sheep. You know, we, we hear Jesus say, which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? For some hearing that might say, well, you lost one, but you got 99. That's still pretty good. That's 99%. See my math? It's awesome. But Jesus leaves the 99 in the wilderness and goes after the one and says, you know, heavens rejoice. You know, and he's talking about Jesus going out to reach out to those who need to encounter God's love. Because, of course, he was being criticized at the beginning of this gospel by some of the scribes and Pharisees. He's sitting with sinners. Why is he sitting with people that got problems, I've strayed from the path? Jesus' point is, is that that's who I've come to reach out to. That's who I've come to save. That's who I've come to, to love and to strengthen and to heal. And he goes on in the uh, second story, the second parable is the woman with the lost coin. Actually, we had a practical example here just before Mass as Colleen was looking for her cell phone. She had put it somewhere, so we're starting to search around and looking around and looking around. None of us thought of praying to St. Anthony at that point, um, but we did find it. Someone else picked it up, thought it was theirs, put it in their purse. But you search, because you need those things. Imagine this, and we heard Jesus say in the gospel, 
Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? I'm like that with, sometimes with my car keys. Right? I, re I remember once when I was young, I was looking for my car keys at home. My dad was there, and I, I said, have you seen my car keys? He goes, no, but they're wherever you left them. I said, that's not helpful to me right now because I can't remember where I left them. Jesus does everything he can to search out for us and to bring us back to him. Like the shepherd finding the lost, she brings the, uh, the sheep back, the lamb back, and celebrates with family and friends. The woman with the lost coin finds it, calls all her friends over and celebrates. And Jesus says, this is how heaven rejoices when we bring someone into the community of faith. We bring them closer uh, to the Father in heaven. And it's not just an act that um, Jesus does alone for us. But through the gift of our baptism, strengthening confirmation, we're also called to go after the lost sheep, the lost coin, the ones that are forgotten, ignored, the ones who are searching but can't find Jesus. We're Christ. Because we so often look at this parable and say, how many times has Jesus saved me this week? How many times has he called me back out of his love to follow him? But it's a responsibility and a duty we have been all chosen, called by name, to live out as well. And more than, more than ever, as a church, we're called together to try to do that to the best of our abilities. And the most powerful body to do that are our parish communities, our families of parishes. Pope Francis, in his document, Joy of the Gospel, very early when he was elected Pope, said this about parish communities and kind of the mission of the church. He said, I dream of a missionary option that is a missionary impulse capable of transforming everything so that the church's customs, ways of doing things, times and schedules, language and structures can be suitably channeled for the evangelization of today's world rather than for her self-preservation. Those are big, bold words. That's paragraph 27 in Joy of the Gospel. What he's saying is, is that the church, to be truly missionary, to be going after the lost sheep, trying to look for that lost coin, has to change in order to do that most efficiently and most powerfully, rather than trying to self-preserve, to keep what we have. Which in a lot of ways in this modern world simply is not effective and does not work to the mission we've been given. The church constantly needs to adapt and change to share the good news, to go after those who are lost or forgotten or those who don't know Christ. And it's we, the church, that are called to this. And he goes on in paragraph 28, talks about parishes. The parish is not an outdated institution precisely because it possesses great flexibility. It can assume quite different contours. The parishes, family of parishes, faith communities, have a flexibility to adapt to meet the needs of the people. And so we have to try to do that under two basic tenets for us 
in our family of parishes. This is part of the game plan as we try to adapt, as we try to change and let go of self-preservation and follow the mission of Christ, forming disciples, reaching out to all. Now you might say, well, that's obvious. And I hope it is. This is nothing new. But for us, over the next several months, we're sharpening the way we uh, celebrate, the ministries that we do, to have these two fundamental pillars. That we come to Mass uh, not to get a short homily, not to just receive communion, but gather together as a family to be inspired and strengthened to be Jesus in this world as we're sent out to search for the lost to search for others to come and join us on this highway, on this pilgrimage to heaven. So those who gather here, those who are praying with us online, we come to be formed, to be equipped, to be trained, to have the courage to be inspired to share our faith, first and foremost by what we say and what we do, how we act in this world, but have the courage to invite others to come and encounter Christ. We do that by reaching out to all, especially those who are suffering, those who are in need. And it's a responsibility that all of us have. How are we going to do this? I'm going to dig a little bit deeper as, as this introductory homily is, just for a few more minutes. We're going to focus on what it means to be a faithful disciple. There are six qualities that we as a family of parishes have defined as what it is to follow Jesus in our family of parishes. Stay tuned next week, the first two are coming. Over the next three homilies after this, we're gonna look at two of the qualities each, and all of our ministries, all of our programs are going to try to funnel into those six qualities to figure out, not just to say that we're supposed to be faithful disciples, but how are we gonna be trained and what should we know and what we should we be doing to share the good news? There's going to be a renewal of ministries. Some ministries after the pandemic you see are starting to come back. Some of them will be coming back being different, trying to line us up to form us as faithful disciples. Some will not come back because they're not focused in on the two pillars of our mission, forming disciples and reaching out to all. And then there'll be some new ministries that come in. All to help us be Christ in this world. We're going to focus in on the weekend experience to make sure our celebrations of Mass are very welcoming, have amazing music, have really, not short, effective homilies that we gather together and celebrate and not think at the end of Mass, thank God it's over, but to come back after Mass and walk out the door saying, wow, that was amazing. That filled my heart that gave me strength. And so we're going to focus and try to focus and see, you'll see some changes as we move forward. There's these access points, our Catholic schools, our sacramental preparation programs, uh, funerals, our outreach, all these different ways that we engage in and encounter a lot of people who we don't often see in the pews, that we want to entice, support, encourage, and invite. And some of the ways we're doing those things are changing. This you won't see very much. This is from the, uh, the uh, school board, the St. Clair board, their kind of strategic plan. Now, I just, we just met with the principals last week 
um, had a wonderful meeting, had a wonderful opportunity to chat and talk, and are encouraged and excited about the opportunities that we have with our four elementary schools and our Catholic high school to engage, to support not only students, but staff and the families. Our sacramental preparation programs, in particular, First Reconciliation, First Communion, and Confirmation have completely changed, focused in on trying to form disciples, but also trying to retain the families after going through sacramental preparation. Because one of the challenges we have is we've done great sacramental prep, but we don't see the families afterwards being part of our community. You know, in our family of parishes here in Chatham, we can have between 100 and 150 candidates for First Reconciliation, First Communion. Two, a couple of weeks ago, I baptized 16 children at one celebration, right here at Blessed Sacrament, Sunday afternoon. We have amazing celebrations, but we've got to work on how that helps them, that our faith community and the gift of our faith helps them not only for sacramental prep, but an ongoing relationship with the Lord that is the only way that our lives can be complete. We have family movie nights. Our next one is near the end of September. Information's in the bulletin. The movie is uh, Minions, The Rise of Gru. Sounds awesome. This is open to everyone. It's free. There's popcorn, juice, cookies, as much as you want. Parents are saying, awesome, right? We have our faith films, our faith movie series. We just had one on about the life of Cardinal Stefan Fraschinski. We have one now coming up about John Paul II. It's all in the bulletin, but these are ways in which we're trying to look at examples, trying to build a sense of community, trying to become those faithful disciples. Starting this week, this Thursday, the 8 a.m. Mass at St. Ursula's is moving to 9.30 again. So this Thursday morning at 9.30, and after the Mass, we have a, a new cafe called the Good Place Cafe, Holy Grounds Where Jesus Fills My Cup. I, I came up with that slogan. Isn't that awesome? Do you get it? Yeah. So uh, every Thursday after Mass in the morning at St. Ursula's, there's going to be a cafe. Coffee, tea, juice, different. Every week there's different snacks and different things just to help build a sense of community. One of the things we're longing for since the pandemic. We have our Faithcation Retreat happening at Oxley. That's in the bulletin as well. That's coming up in October. Another opportunity to be formed as a disciple. I want to conclude my reflections, again, based on these, this opportunity of change, this need to adapt. The gift of the church, especially our parishes, is to adapt, to be flexible, to meet the needs of the people today so that we have a future. This past week, the last few days, I was on retreat up in uh, Godrich. I know I was a pastor there for five years, a number of years ago. And uh, uh, there's a, a sister uh, that lived up there that used to say, Godrich is rich in God. So I went there on retreat. So I went and just kind of quieted down, took some prayer, and I would do walks a number of times during the day. And one of the, one of the buildings just down from St. Peter's Church, where I lived for five years as the pastor, is the Huron County Museum. I lived there for five years, never walked into that building. I always had hoped I would. Just like I used, to, I finally got to walk the boardwalk along the beach because when I was there as the pastor, you never were uh, unknown in town. Hi, Father John, how are you? How's it going? So I finally was able to relax and incognito be able to enjoy the boardwalk. 
But when I, I stopped, I read this sign, and it kind of, I was thinking about the homily this week, and I said, ah, this is what it's summarized to. Underneath Huron County Museum, it says, always changing, always inspiring. And I really think that's what we as a family of parishes in this game plan that is going to take us five or six years to unfold, to unpack, to get to where I think we could be to inspire, to transform. It's going to, we're going to need all of everyone's help to, to move forward in this. And wait, there's more. I'll, I'll explain it through the series. But we always are going to change. We're always going to adapt so that the gospel can be proclaimed, so that people can see Christ. For us now, there is a call for a change so that we can reach out and be a light in the midst of the darkness. We embrace this game plan as it unfolds and areas where you can help and step up. We're going to need your help. All this so that Christ may be seen and may be encountered in this world through you and through me.